Hey, Bourbon Bay. This is Stephen, your host. Good or good evening, good morning, good night, or whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast. So yeah, I'm just here after a nice long day at work, just relaxing. Uh, yeah, having a lovely glass of E.H. Taylor bourbon, and yeah, so I posted my new video. I spoke with you guys about and that we talked about in the first podcast here on Spotify. So that's now up on YouTube. So go check it out and where we discuss the Weller and the Blade and Bow bourbons and how they, um, the connection between them. So, yeah. And tonight, you know, just wanted to talk to you guys, kind of go into a little bit more about what I've talked about with the podcast so far on YouTube. And like one of my first episodes I did on YouTube, we talked about the beginnings and the origins of basically distilled spirits. And before we get into that, I'm just going to talk to you guys a little bit about the E.H. Taylor. Again, this is another bourbon from the famous Buffalo Trace Distillery up there in Frankfort, Kentucky. And this one is the Bottled and Bond, which... As we kind of go through these podcasts, you guys will learn a little bit about that. And just to kind of give you a quick little background, Bottled and Bond um, was actually came into fruition and was enacted back in the 1800s. Was one of the actual first food state or food safety standard acts, um, and this was definitely championed by E. H. Taylor, who was a financial person he was a colonel in the military and he's actually related to two of our presidents zachary taylor is one of them and so yeah he championed this law to help basically kind of give customers the knowledge that the when you saw a bottle in bond that you were getting true whiskey you weren't getting something that was done by rectifiers who would take whiskey from the barrels, dilute it, and do so many different things with it that you really just couldn't trust it. And they would slap a label on it and call it whatever whiskey they try to call it. So E.H. Taylor championed, um, lobbied Congress, and got the law passed so that it could protect his distillery his products and many other products that were true whiskeys. Um, so basically the law stated that for it to be called bottled and bond, it had to be distilled at one distiller during one distilling season. It had to be put into a bonded warehouse, which was at the time watched over by revenue agents that basically would watch the process and it had to be in the warehouse for at least four years and it had to be at least a hundred proof. So that is what we have here at the E.H. Taylor bottled and bond small batch whiskey. They do have other variants of this whiskey. Uh, This just happens to be the most common, but it is still very highly sought after. I know I definitely get asked this question pretty much every day at work. Do you guys have E.H. Taylor? And I have to always say no. So, <laughs> gotta love it. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna, if you guys wanna come and join me, 
pour yourself a glass. Me right now, I'm having mine neat, which is one of the traditional ways that you will hear bourbon enthusiasts, bourbon connoisseurs say that they love to have their whiskey um, because it's the purest form. You're getting it straight out of the bottle. It's not diluted. It's not in a cocktail. But one thing you'll come to learn through this podcast is that, look, you know, if you, someone ever asks you what's the great way to or what's the best way to have whiskey or if you ever ask a bourbon enthusiast or, you know, someone who sells bourbon, they should say, what's the way you like it? And if you say this is the way, well, then that should say, well, hey, that's the way you like to have bourbon. And that's the greatest way to have it. So me, I like to sometimes have it neat. I like to have it in other ways, uh, you know, with some kind of cocktail like cranberry juice or something like that. But tonight I'm having it neat and we're going to do a little nosing of it. And right off the bat, I definitely get a very nice orange smell i know that's just something that i seem to pick up um i also do get like fresh baked bed like the potato bread if you ever open up that and smell it you kind of get that little sweetness to it you definitely get that honey in there you get a little bit of that rye with the dry fruit notes so yeah um now i'm gonna have a little sip And you definitely get that toffee caramel in there. And you also definitely get a little bit like, almost, sometimes I get a little raisin. Um, and I mean, hey, you guys might try to say, hey, it just tastes like bourbon to me. That's totally fine. Bourbon is your experience. It's what makes it special. So yeah, don't take what I say. Try it yourself. Highly recommend. It's an amazing, very smooth bourbon believe it's a weeded bourbon but it does taste like it has some rye to it there is some spice to it there's a little heat um to it so but yeah so that's eh taylor bourbon um if you want to find out some more about it uh definitely go check out my youtube video where i discussed it. it's my first video ever on youtube so um yeah definitely go check that out and tonight we're just going to kind of discuss the history of um you know how we kind of came up with the still spirits I'm gonna use a little bit of referencing from this amazing book that i read called whiskey women's by fred minnick a great book highly recommend you guys get it um sorry about that <laughs> little technical difficulties and yeah so basically he kind of goes using um the women's side of things basically goes through the entire history of how distilled spirits came to being. Um, definitely going to take some of those notes from it tonight. Um, you know, so like basically one thing he talks about how some of the earliest records of women actually distilling and really just the entire distillation process. Um, the earliest records come from basically about 4,000 BC during the Mesopotamian times. And, you know, women would brew. So, yeah, kind of some of the earliest was like a brew or a beer-like substance. Uh, 
And women were basically known as the distillers. I mean, it's considered one of the oldest professions, just like prostitution. But yeah, just distillation, women were the ones who distilled the beer. And one thing we kind of come to know is that it was very important to society and culture at the time because back then we don't have or they didn't have the sanitation, the chemicals, and the way to filter out the water like we do today. And many times when people drink water, it was pretty much a death sentence because water was full of, you know, bacteria, viruses, other things like such as cholera, dysentery. So basically the best way to, you know, hydrate yourself at that time was to distill because part of the distillation process was is that you heated up the water. And so, yeah, and this was eventually kind of became what was known as aqua vita. And that was this water of life. And for many of you who are Pirates of the Caribbean fans and have watched most of all the movies, you'll notice in one of the movies where Jack goes and looks for the Fountain of Youth and they discover Ponce de Leon's ship. And on the ship, there's two cups. And these cups are very key into the ritual for the Fountain of Youth. And on these cups, it actually says Aqua Vita, which means water of life. Um, and later, this kind of got translated when eventually as we go through, uh, you get to, you know, the culture of Europe. And then as the distillation went from Europe into Scotland and Ireland, that's where you started to get the term whiskey or whiskey, which was, and I know I'm probably killing that. <laughs> so don't quote me on that. Don't judge me too harshly on my pronunciation, my Celtic pronunciation, but whiskey, which eventually later translated into whiskey. Um, and that's how we kind of got the distillation process into whiskeys and yeah, so I mean, as you kind of go through that history of it, and and basically, yeah, this was the way that people made a living. A lot of the times, this distillation of spirits was, I mean, people distilled it into medicines. They took the herbs that were around them, and they distilled it. And I mean, many of them took it as a medicinal purpose, and water, and a way to keep living. And as we see in the United States, it eventually came over to us uh, when the United States became a colony and even maybe a little bit before then because you had that process uh, from the first colonization of like the Vikings when they came over to the New World before even Christopher Columbus. Sorry, guys, a little thirsty. Um and yeah, also I put a little hold on there. So yeah, guys, I mean, give me some comments. Let me know what you guys are having. Uh, because I just, I mean, I love to hear what you guys want or are having, uh, how you like to enjoy whiskeys or whatever kind of distill or distilled spirits. Because um, I know that not everybody likes whiskey. It's still a growing thing. It's a, you know, fast, second fastest growing behind vodka. But it's getting there, guys. It's getting there. So 
uh, definitely a spirit that has a lot of history to it, as we, I mean, already have talked about where, you know, all the way back to Mesopotamian times, but really, um, you know, each culture through Europe and Mesopotamian, you know, they took what they had in those areas. Like, I mean, if you go over to Eastern Europe, they had a lot of botanicals, they had a lot of herbs, and they would take that and they distilled that. And that's why you have a lot of things like schnapps and gin and, you know, I mean, biggest thing over in Eastern Europe is a lot of schnapps. You have the vodkas, or, and there was even something before vodka uh, that used a lot of botanicals in it. And like Austria, which is... Um, they actually discovered that on, well, not discovered, but it was mentioned on one of my favorite shows, The Booze Traveler on the Travel Channel, where he went over to Austria and, you know, there was the ancient, or not ancient, but, you know, they'd been distilling like pine pine cones into schnapps and pine schnapps. And, yeah, so, I mean, you can see as it moved from Mesopotamia, the Middle East, Africa, you know, I mean, people started to use what they had in those areas and make those spirits. And as we got over into Scotland and Ireland, they had a lot of grain, you know, like rye, barley, and, you know, so, and peat. And they used that, and that eventually what became whiskey, which is distilled grains. And then and again, it came over to the United States. Or the colonies at the time, and then you have what later became bourbon. So, and that really helped to shape our culture because, you know, I mean, this is the life source. At the time, before we had all this filtration, all these chemicals to help, you know, kill off these bacteria, you know, I mean, this was what people survived. I mean, this was the medicines at the time before we, you know, started to find out different things. So, you know, I mean, this was what was medicine. I mean, and this was what people drank. Even children, they drank a a lesser alcohol, which didn't have as much alcohol content, but it was still safe for the children to drink. And this is what they drank. And that was the cultural norms at the time. And eventually it just, you know, developed into what we call bourbon today. And we'll definitely go a lot deeper into whiskey women i'm working on contacting some women in the industry people outside the industry to get all that uh perspective you know how to better you know like what the how women basically kind of helped to make whiskey what it is today i mean in all honesty if it wasn't for women we wouldn't have the type of whiskey that we have today and i mean it helped to shape our culture and and especially in America, uh, I mean, one of the major reasons we became or started the Revolutionary War was over spirits. And we'll definitely go into that further. Um, and again, I have this over on my YouTube channel. So definitely go check those out to see more visual aspects of it. And I'll definitely have some of my friends. I'll have people, like I said, outside. Uh so we get that outside perspective and different perspectives to kind of hopefully make this a good show that everybody enjoys. It's not just going to be for the bourbon enthusiasts, the 
you know, connoisseurs. It's going to be for everybody because that's what I want this show to be about. I want it to be something that everybody enjoys. So I want you guys to comment. Let me know what you guys think. Give me some ideas to what topics to talk about. And, you know, I mean, I love history. I like to um, promote that and, you know, kind of give a different perspective on things because, I mean, you know, not many people know that, hey, this spirits played a huge role in how this country came to be. It played a huge role in a lot of cultures and how those countries came to be. So, I mean, we a lot of the times associate countries with certain drinks. I mean, like when you think of Scotland, you think of scotch. When you think of Ireland, you think of Irish whiskey. I mean, when you think of America, you think of bourbon. I mean, in Germany, we think of beer. And, you know, over in the Middle East, they definitely, I mean, certain cultures do have certain types of liquor or spirits. And like Arat, which is a mostly Israeli, Middle Eastern, Turkish drink. Um, there's also Uzo from Greece. So yeah, we'll definitely go into a lot of those different things. And I really hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Just wanted to kind of give you a little history lesson. Um, so let me know what you think. We'll probably have some trivia questions. And maybe eventually as this channel grows, as I grow and learn more, <laughs> like I'll say I'm not the best podcaster in the world. Eventually, hopefully, you know, these will get good. Um, yeah, so maybe we'll have some prizes eventually, you know, like hats or T-shirts or something. Um, and, yeah, we'll just have different discussions with people and enjoy. So, yeah, just again. Let me know what you guys think. Give me some comments. Hope you have a great and amazing evening, day, night, whenever you happen to be watching this. And if you guys are going to have a drink, hope you have it with me and have an amazing night. Cheers. <laughs>